Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about spreading happiness by showing what's possible. I'm delighted to welcome special guests, John and Mark Cronin. John and Mark are the father and son team that founded John's Crazy Socks. John is an entrepreneur who just happens to have Down syndrome. You may know John and Mark by being named EY Entrepreneurs of the Year or for testifying before Congress or for speaking at the UN. Perhaps you may know them because John became sock buddies with former President George H.W. Bush. Or you may know them from having grown a bootstrap startup into a multi-million dollar social enterprise. If you want to learn more about them, you can visit their website at johnscrazysocks.com. And I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, John and Mark. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you so much, Linda. I'm so pleased to be here. We're glad to be here. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. I am delighted. And before we started here, we were just chatting about how it is to be able to work together as a family and having that father, son, and you've even included Mama Bear in the mix, and to be able to work together and still like each other is amazing. Would you be willing to tell your story about how you came up with and created this beautiful business of John's Crazy Socks? Sure. I mean, sure. Our origin stories matter, right? They give us our DNA. They do. Uh, so uh, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Congratulations. Um, so so if you go you back so five years, go back to the fall of 2016, and our story I starts... Small cabin in the woods. A small log cabin in the woods. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> it, starts, it starts in suburban New York City out of Long Island in a town called Huntington. And where were you? I, I was in Huntington High School. I'm going to be in my last year's school. So here's something that some of your listeners might not know. If you have a disability, and John, you have Down syndrome? Yes, I am. You can stay in the public school system until you turn 21. And that's really important because when you're in school, all of your services and supports and programs are right there in front of you. But then you hit 21. It's often known as the 21-year-old cliff. You go over that cliff and you're on your own. You've got to piece everything together. Um, And what were you looking at? I look at job program and school. I don't like the option I don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's an unfortunate reality for people with a differing ability. More than 70% of people with a disability in this country are not working. Um, not working. Not working, even in the midst of a labor shortage. So, but John here, is a natural entrepreneur. Yes, I am. If you didn't see a job you wanted, what were you going to do? I said, I want to create one. I want to make one. Right? I love it. You're going to create one and you're going to make one. And That's right. Can... And, and then I said to my dad, I want to go into bed with him. I want to have a nice father and son bed together. <laughs> so this sounded wonderful to me. And and we were talking before, uh, you know, off the air that, uh, you know, I'm a very fortunate man. I have three sons. I love my three sons. This is one I could work with, you know, not <laughs> all of them. You know. Not easy uh, to work together with family. <laughs> but, um, so, all right, we're going to go into business. And uh, um, 
I, in my particular point in life, I had been working in what was a family business that shut down overnight. So I was also looking to create, and I had started doing that. I'd started some online businesses. Because I'm, an, I'm like John, I'm an entrepreneur that has a lot of good things about it. It also means you're basically unemployable. Who would hire an entrepreneur? <laughs> um, so what are we going to do? What sort of business are we going to have? And John, again, like most entrepreneurs, you have a lot of ideas. I do. I, I have it over my head. But some of them are actually good ideas. <laughs> and what was one of your ideas for a business? I, I wasn't in a food, a food truck. I, I come idea from the movie Chef. I, I, I uh, I am John Farrow, the movie about a father and son buying a food truck. So a food truck sounded like that was a, one of the ideas. Sounded like a fun idea. We started thinking, what could we make? Where right. would we put it? What would we sell? But we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a problem. <laughs> but then... Right before Thanksgiving, John had his eureka moment. I did. I want to sell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. I will always let me be me. I want crazy socks my whole life. We, we used to drive around looking for these socks right. for John. So we said that, and I figured, okay, if John loves these socks that much, Surely other people would too, and we could find our tribe. Absolutely. And and you didn't just say let's sell socks. You had the name. I, I got a name to a, a, a website. Yeah, drawings of what uh, a website could look like. Right. Um, when I suggested names like Mark Murray <laughs> socks, Mark Serious socks, he was like, no, 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 it's not happening. So we went the lean startup route. We, we, we didn't prepare a very detailed business plan. We said, let's get something up and running to test the idea. So we built a website on the Shopify platform, one of the many e-commerce platforms out there. We convinced some suppliers to sell us some socks. Yeah. We were bootstrapping. So we had to make do with whatever resources we had. The only advertising we did was to set up a Facebook page and we made videos. I would take out my cell phone and who was in those videos? I am. I'm talking about socks. Socks, socks, more socks. And we noticed something. Those videos started getting shared. Yes. And then what day did we open? And we opened on, on a Friday, December 9th, 2016. And we didn't know what to expect, but we were very fortunate. That first day, we got a flood of orders, or it felt like a flood of orders. We got 42 orders. And most of them were local. He was in the local high school. That's where we lived. We had temporary office right. space there. So what did we do with those first orders? Uh, we do our, our home deliveries. And we got our red boxes. I put socks in a box. And we put in 100 cases. I put in candy. And I wrote, I love in the car. And I'm going to get yours. Right. We, so we had these red boxes, beautiful red boxes, the yes. socks. We had candy, John's yep. thank you note. We drove around knocking on doors. Now, we, John, 
Sometimes we'd be out at 1030 at night. We're lucky somebody didn't answer with a shotgun, you know, here, knocking here. on a door. Just on what you saw. <laughs> and, and how the customers respond. Our customers loves it. And they took a file, took a pictures, and posted on social media. A word again and spread. We had customers reordering just to get John to come back to their house. They had whole families waiting to take pictures. Um, so we learned a few things. One, one people, uh, uh, people want to buy socks. They want to buy socks. Two, two people want to buy socks from me. They want to buy from John. Right? They liked the personal touch, right. the, the home deliveries and notes, even if we were shipping it elsewhere. They liked the fact that we'd already pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics? I am best Special Olympics athlete. Yes. You're a Special Olympics athlete? Yeah. Yes, I am. In and what category? What sports? I, I play basketball. Um, track and field, soccer, and snowshoe. Wow. Yeah. Fact, we, yeah, and we will tell you that without the Special Olympics, there would be no John's Crazy Socks. Um, but we learned something else by, by just going and doing. We started hearing from people telling us that John was an inspiration to them. It was very emotional. It was families particularly with young children who might have a disability or who had a relative, um, and that this really meant something to him. We were hitting a, a deep emotional chord. And by doing, we learned something else. We learned that this young man. Yep. And this is old man. This old man. <laughs> hey, we could sell socks. Um, so that's how we got started. Right. Um, and that was five years ago. It's been a wild ride since. But to give you one idea, when we started, we had 37 different types of socks, all of which we bought from somebody else, and we could put them all on one table. Today, we have over 4,000 different socks. Yeah. We have a large warehouse. This makes John the owner of the world's largest sock store. Congratulations. We're not out selling Walmart or Target, but in terms of choice, nobody has the choice that John's Crazy Socks has. Um, that is impressive. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Too big for the table now. Way too big for the table. But we're still doing home deliveries. How? When we, you do that many? It's simple. I mean, listen, we've now shipped over 360,000 packages to 88 different countries. But if we get an order between our office and our home, on the way home, John's knocking on yeah. doors. Yeah. That's beautiful. So even though you can't personally deliver every single sock to every single person in every single country, those that you can do you still do. That's... You like doing that, don't you? I do. I, I did the one in um, Pittsburgh. Oh, we did one in Pittsburgh once, right? Because if we're going to travel, we, you know, if we have an order from that area, we'll go and deliver it. Right. That is beautiful. And do they still come in a red box? We still use red boxes. Uh, yes. Um, yes. If you know, it depends on the size of the order. But you know, part of Part of our core, and I could walk through our, our pillars, 
is to make everything as personal as possible. There's the I, 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 I look, uh, right. I read box. And every order still gets a thank you note from John, still gets candy. Right. On the packing slip, you will see a picture and the name of the person who packed your order because we want everything to be personal. So wow. we're not looking for transactions. We're sharing experiences and we're looking to build a community. And when you get that package from us, first, it comes right away. We do same day shipping. You're going to get it quickly. We do better shipping than Amazon. Right? But Jeff Bezos and Amazon, he's not putting a thank you note and candy in those Amazon packages. I do. And you do. When on the outside of your package, you're going to see John's smiling face. When you open it up, you get your socks. You get the thank you note from John. Yes. I think you have one here, yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll always uh, You I get the thank you I'll note go. from John. On the back side of that, it tells the story of John's crazy Yeah, I have the So there's note. a sample. Oh. Back, you get the story. You oh, it's get, not just a thank you note. It is a handwritten. Yeah, I you do. Get, no. A package that we send Skittles now. We can tell you about that. You get that. You see the picture of the person who did the work. So you're not just getting socks. You're getting a little package, a little delivery of happiness. Oh, and, beautiful. And you know, we, we'll, we should talk more about the nature of the business we have. Buy from us. Yes, you get great socks. And we have 29,000 five-star reviews. You get great socks, but you're helping us employ people with differing abilities. More than half of our colleagues have a differing ability. You're helping us give back. And most of all, you're helping us spread happiness. This is great. What's better than that, right? And that is your mission, that spreading happiness and showcasing what people of differing abilities can do. And I love that your business includes neurotypicals and differing needs working together. Will you kind of explain what is it like when you go to work? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What special interactions come because of the way that you put the pieces together? Well, we're very fortunate. And, and all we do is hire people that are going to be great for our business. I mean, and, and, Let's be clear about something. John here, he's a very nice guy. Yes. I am not. If you're going to work here, you have to produce. We, it's not a charity. We don't give jobs away. All we do is say, we're going to look to see what you can do, not what you can't do. We're going to focus not on your limitations, but we're going to be awed by your possibilities. So we've been very fortunate to create 31 different jobs. 22 of those are held by people with different abilities. And, and here are the benefits. Morale is high. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of energy. Productivity is up. Retention is up. And it helps us recruit people, right? Because in fact, we just recorded our second TEDx talk. And the theme of that talk is it's not hiring people with differing abilities. It's not altruism. It's good business. And we make the business argument for doing it. First, there's a labor shortage. We hear all the time. Employers say they can't find enough good workers. Yet 
we have no trouble filling our jobs simply because we're willing to consider people with differing abilities, who, as John says, they're ready, willing, and able to work. Absolutely. Again, they have to be able to do the job, but they can. So you get that. You get people that are hungry to be there and want to work. So it gives you a competitive advantage over other companies. Not just us, not just small businesses. I'll give you an example. There's a small software company in Redmond, Washington. You've probably heard of them. They're called Microsoft. So Satya Nadella, their CEO, happens to have a son with CP. He picks his head up and says, you know, we're always struggling to find enough good technical workers. Come, we're not hiring more people with autism. Because many people with autism have great programming skills or technical skills. Well, that's an easy one to answer because they couldn't get past the interview. They may not look you in the eye. They may not shake your hand the right way. Microsoft learned. That was their problem. So they changed their hiring process. Now they hire people with differing abilities and they hire them in droves. And that gives them a competitive advantage over other companies that can't find enough good workers. IBM started a program in one country saying, well, why don't we test this? Let's see what it's like hiring people, you know, giving people a chance and accommodating them. They've now expanded that to 11 countries because it works so well. Really? Right, this is, you know, or our friends at EY, Ernst and Young, changed their name to EY. They said it was make things clearer. I, I don't understand. But anyway, so EY, I'm trying to fathom this. They have 250,000 employees worldwide. And they have a 20% turnover rate. So every year they have to hire 50,000 people just to stay even. I was talking to the managing partner at their office in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. They had set up a program with Trinity College to hire people with autism. Once they started doing that, their retention rate skyrocketed. Think about the business implications for that. Think about the millions and millions of dollars it would save if EY is able to reduce their turnover rate. These are some of the benefits that you get from having people with differing abilities in your workplace. What a beautiful win-win situation that you are creating and that you are promoting. Um, I love it. I love it. It's, uh, and, and for us, it's, you know, don't tell, just show. Right? So if I come back to what we're about, and we've created a social enterprise. So we have both the social and the business mission, and they're indivisible. They feed off of yeah. each other. If all we were doing was selling socks, Linda, you would not be talking to us, right? You wouldn't know us. You know, we've gone out and counted. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies out there. <laughs> Precisely. And, and if all you're doing is selling socks, what do you say? Ours are better than yours. Ours don't smell as bad as yours. What, what do you say? <laughs> but when you have a purpose behind you, now, the socks become the physical manifestation for our story and our purpose. And, 
And don't get me wrong, we have a very strong social mission, but the business has to succeed. If we're not a solid business, nothing else works. And it turns out, John and I, we, we like to live indoors. Yeah. You've got to make some money, right? Yeah. Um, and we built the business on five pillars. I, one is bringing in hope. Two, giving back. Three, fun products you can love. Four, make it personal. And five, make it a great place to work. So, you know, let me kind of run through those quickly. If our mission is to spread happiness, if our mission is to bring joy to others, we have to start at home. Our, our colleagues have to be happy. You know, if they're miserable, how are they going to spread happiness? You know? And that comes from offering people a mission worthy of their commitment, something larger than ourselves, and it's more than we're just going to make money. Again, we want to make money, but it's got to be something else. Everybody has to know why their job matters. There's no cog in the machinery. There's no make work job. There's no one important job. Everybody has to know why their job is important and how that serves the purpose and the mission. Put people in a position to succeed. Don't ask them to do what they can't do. And give people the support that they need. If our, if our webmaster needs a new tool, we were on the phone yesterday, you know, wants to get this new, okay. Let's get it. Now, we don't have endless resources, but give people what they need to do their job. Then recognize the work that people do. Linda, just doing this podcast, you work hard. You care about it. It's just looking and saying, hey, by the way, Linda, I listened to your podcast. It was really good. Sometimes it's simple as saying, thank you. And the last piece is stay the hell out of the way. Let people do their jobs, right? <laughs> so... No so micromanaging. <laughs> no, make it a great place to work. The making it personal, you know, we already shared with you, you know, that every package to this date gets that handwritten thank you note, though, yes, we copy it, um, gets the story and the candy, but everybody's in on that. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we do our own fulfillment. We run our, our own pick and pack warehouse. What do we call our pickers? I, I and what do we call our packers? Happy packers. And so one day, one of our happiness packers points out, says, you know, we sell socks for diabetics and we're sending them these socks for diabetics and we're sending them candy. What's wrong with that picture? Mm, okay. So now what do we do? If you order diabetic socks, we put in sugar-free candy. Um, you just pay attention, right? Uh, the fun products you can love. So here's how we decide what we're going to sell, what we're going to pick. One, it's got to be fun. Yeah. It's got to spread happiness. And most important, John has to get behind it. John has to approve. Right? We're not going to sell something that John can't get behind. And we have to be a great e-commerce business. We have to have a great website. We have to have great selection. Got to have great products. There are 29,000 five star reviews. People love it. And you got to have great service. It's, it was, it's same day shipping. You're going to get that quickly. The giving back is baked into everything we do. So we started by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics, but we've gone on to create products 
that celebrate causes and raise money for those causes. So what was our first awareness of? And that raises money. Right, here's the sock. John is the one who designed this. He designed this? John did, right? I just found that. He's designed, John's designed a lot of our socks. I got you the natural. So we we have autism themed socks and, and palsy, palsy uh, and less, rescue uh, uh, rescue and last year we have uh, healthcare superhero so uh, to the, the frontline workers and they've raised over fifty thousand dollars from frontline workers. Uh, so we, we sponsor an autism can do scholarship. We donate to different causes. So. Um, you know, our giving back program, we have now donated over $450,000 uh, to our charity partners. And here's a really cool thing. This Special Olympic athlete has donated over $100,000 to the Special Olympics more than any other Special Olympic athlete has ever done. Oh, gold medal for you. That is absolutely beautiful. Way to pay it forward. But most important, it's that inspiration and hope. It's showing, it's showing what's possible. And we believe in entrepreneurism. It's showing what people can do, particularly people with differing abilities. So you have Down syndrome? Yes, I am. And what do you say about that? I have Down syndrome. Down syndrome never hold me back. It does not. And John, we don't say, okay, well, you have Down syndrome. We have to hide you. We put them right up front. You are the face of the business, right? right? Your name is on the business. Your face is the logo. Absolutely. That's why you can't get a blue mohawk. You've got to look the same way your whole life. <laughs> we, we hire people with different abilities. So, you know, year round, 31 people, 22 of whom have a differing ability. And that's not enough. We want to show people. So we create content for our social media sites. Uh, we host school tours and work groups. We go on speaking engagements. Pre-pandemic, we crisscrossed Canada, the U.S., Mexico. Now we're doing things virtually. We've spoken around the world. We, we do advocacy work and stand up for the rights of people with different abilities. So we've testified twice before Congress spoken at the United Nations. Yeah. We're, we're very fortunate because the business has given us a platform where people are willing to listen. And that creates an obligation, a responsibility on our part to make use of that, right? To do something with it. So you roll all that together and you get John's crazy socks. Oh, that's beautiful. Reminds me of the line from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, that line has been, yes. Uh, well, I don't know about that. You know what we are? We're a couple of knuckleheads selling socks, right? And all we <laughs> want to do is change the world. Yes. It's a, but I'll give you an anecdote, a fun anecdote about, you know, that the opportunity and the responsibility. So we're down on Capitol Hill we're sharing on social media and a customer from Houston calls the office and says, I, you know, are they really at 
the Capitol because my mother works there and she's a big fan of John's. And would it be possible for my mother to meet John? And our colleague said, sure, uh, here's Mark's cell number. Just text him your mom's name and contact information. Okay, who is mom? Nancy Pelosi. Oh. So now we're going to have an audience with Nancy Pelosi. And, and one of the unfortunate things in our country, um, all across the political spectrum, we, we have turned politics into warfare. We've vilified elected officials. We forget that they're people. So put all politics aside. I don't care which side of the spectrum you are. Among other things, Nancy Pelosi is an 80-year-old Italian grandmother. She comes in, and yes, she knew John, and she was so bubbly and warm, and she took pictures out of socks uh, that she had given pictures that she had with former President Bush, the father, George H.W. Bush. And John had become sock buddies with them. So there's a connection there. And this is all warm and wonderful. But now we have an opportunity with one of the most powerful people in the country. And it's like, okay, this is nice, but we have some issues we got to talk to you about. We have to eliminate the sub-minimum wage, which allows employers to pay people with a disability less than minimum wage. So there are thousands of people being paid as little as five cents an hour. And we have to eliminate that. And now we have the opportunity to talk to you about that. And we want something done about that. Um, that's, that's an example of if we get an opportunity, we have to, we got to use it for something. And yes, we are fighting that. There is a bill that's been making its way now for a few years and now uh, making a way through the house. It is, uh, has bipartisan support to eliminate, you know, all it would require is that everybody gets paid minimum wage. It's not setting the minimum wage at a particular rate, um, but there are sheltered workshops. It's a little bit, I'll take in the weeds, it's a little bit of American history. The Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 is a great piece of American legislation. It created the 40-hour work week. It created overtime. It eliminated child labor. But Section 14C allows employers to get a certificate, to get approval from the government to pay people with a disability less than minimum wage. The thinking in 1938 was, this is charity that we could maybe do for people. Guess what? It's not 1938 anymore. People can reduce and let's pay them a fair wage. But what grew up were these sheltered workshops of we'll just keep people busy and then maybe we'll help them move towards work. Um, there were 400,000 people employed in these sheltered workshops. Yeah. It's now down to about 200,000 as individual states start outlawing it. But it's part of what we try to do. It's not preach. It's go and show. Look what John can do. Look what our colleagues can do. You know, we're running a successful business. We're competing against Target, Walmart, Amazon, all the rest. And we hire people with different abilities and we succeed not in spite of that, but because of that. I love that you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk and you do it loud and proud. And that is absolutely 
Beautiful. We, we get to have fun. We're so fortunate. So, you know, look at us. We get to talk to you. We get to be on your podcast. <laughs> oh, the honor is all mine. Thank you for being here with me today. This has been good, right, John? Yeah, Dad. And you want to tell folks where they can get these great socks? Yeah, uh, you can go to the uh, website at johnscreasysocks.com. And when you do, you don't just get great socks. You will, right? 4,000 different socks. You're going to get socks you love. You're going to get them quickly. Yes. But you're going to join us. You're going to share in the experience. You'll help us employ people with different abilities. You'll help us advocate for them. You'll help us give back. And most of all, you help us spread happiness. Right. Follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard so you can do. Yes, you can. Fantastic. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Maya Angelou. She said, if you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. Whether you're neurotypical or have differing abilities, I invite you to go beyond normal and allow yourself to be amazing. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.